Section 5 of The Visits of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Visits of Elizabeth by Eleanor Glynn. Chateau de Croixmer. 16th of August. Dearest Mamma, what a crossing we had! Perfectly disgusting! The sky was without a cloud, but such a wind that everyone was sick, so one could not enjoy oneself. Agnes became rapidly French too directly we landed at Dieppe, and the carriage was full of stuffy people who would not have a scrap of window open. However, Jeanne was waiting for us at Paris. We snatched some food at the restaurant, then caught the train to Vinant. Jeanne is quite good-looking, but with an awfully respectable expression. Anyone could tell he was married even without looking at his wedding ring. He was polite and made conversation all the time in the train, and as the engine kept puffing and shrieking, I was obliged to continually say, Pardon? So it made it rather heavy. I think he has changed a good deal since their wedding. Let me see, that must be eight years ago, as I was nine then. I hardly remembered him. Godmamma was waiting for us in the hall when we arrived. Chateau de Croixmer is a nice place, but I am glad I am not French. It was the hottest night of the year almost, and not a breath of air in the house. Every shutter closed and the curtains drawn. Heloise had gone to bed with a migraine, Godmamma explained, but Victorine was there. She has grown up plain and looks much more than five years older than me. They weren't in evening dress or even tea gowns like in England. It did seem strange. Madame de Croixmer looks like a dragon. I can't think how poor papa insisted upon my having such a godmother. Her face is quite white, and her hair is so black and drawn off her forehead, she has a bristly moustache. She is also very upright and thin, and walks with an ebony stick, and her voice is like a peacock's. She looked me through and through, and I felt all my French getting jumbled, and it came out with such an English accent and after we had bowed a good deal, and said heaps of Ollendorfish kind of sentences, I was given some sirop and water, and conducted to bed by Victorine. She is a big dump with a shiny complexion, and such a very small mouth, and I am sure I shall hate her. She isn't a bit good-natured looking like Jeanne. The house is really fine, Louis Fifteenth, and my bedroom and cabinet de toilette are delicious, and so is my bed. But the attitude of Agnes, such a conscious pride and the superiority of France, nearly drove me mad. There isn't a decent dressing-table mirror, only one in an old silver frame about eight inches square, and that is sitting on the writing-table, or what would be a writing-table if there happened to be any pens and things, which there aren't. All the hanging places open out of the panels of the wall. There are no wardrobes, only beautiful marble-topped bureau, but I was so tired. I left Agnes to settle everything and jumped into the bed. This morning I woke early and had the loveliest cup of chocolate, but such a silly bath and almost cold water. There are no housemaids and nothing is done with precise regularity like at home, although they are so rich. Agnes had to fish for everything of that sort herself and such a lot of talking went on in the passage between her and the valet de chambre before I even got this teeny tiny tray to splash in. 
However, I did get dressed at last, and went for a walk in the garden. Not a soul about but a few gardeners. The begonias are magnificent, but there is no look of park beyond the garden, or nice deer and things that we would have for such a house in England. It is more like a sort of a big villa. I saw Jean at last in the distance, going round and round a large pond on his bicycle. He did look odd. In a thick striped jersey and the tightest knickerbockers, almost as low as a scorcher. He jumped off and made a most polite bow, and explained he was doing it for exercise. But I do think that an idiotic reason, don't you, Mamma? It would be just as much exercise on a road. However, he assured me that, like that, he knew exactly how many miles he went on the flat before breakfast, so I suppose it was all right. I saw he wanted to continue his ride, so I walked on, and presently came to a summer house, where Victorine and the Dame de Compagnie were doing their morning reading. There were also the two little girls building castles out of a heap of sand, and with them the most hideous German maid you ever saw. They are queer-looking little monkeys. Yolande is like Jean, but Marie, there are three years between them, is as black as ink. But where was I? Oh, yes. Well, by the time I was so hungry I could have eaten them, German born and all. Fortunately, Godmamma turned up, and we strolled back to the Genet. Heloise was in the salon, and she is charming, such a contrast to the rest of the party. She was beautifully dressed and so chic. We took to each other at once. She has not picked up that solid married look like Jean, so perhaps it is only the husbands who get it in France. There was a good deal of ceremony going into breakfast. Jean gave his mother his arm, and we trotted behind. The dining room is a perfect room, except there is no carpet, and the food was lovely, only I do hate to see a great hand covered with a white cotton glove, plopping a dish down on the lighted thing in the middle, so that one has to look at the next course all the time one is finishing the last one. The way in which the two little monkeys and the German maid devour their breakfast quite took one's appetite away. There seemed to be numbers of men servants who wore white cotton gloves, and their liveries buttoned up to the throat, which takes away the nice clean shirt look of our servants at home. This afternoon we are going to pay a visit of ceremony to the Compton Comtesse de Tournelle. We are going with them on the yacht down the Seine tomorrow. It is John and Eloise who have arranged to take me. It is kind of them, and it will be fun. And I am glad it is not considered proper for young French girls to go without their mothers because we shall get rid of Victorine, and the voyage will be more agreeable. Agnes and the other maids and valets are going by train, and will meet us with the luggage at the different places we stop at each night, as the sauterelle is too small to carry everything. I must go and get ready now, so good-bye, dear Mamma. Your affectionate daughter, Elizabeth. End of section 5